Are you ready for a spiritual boost? Ready to get your evangelistic endorphins going? Are you ready to live a life that matters? I hear this a lot. I feel a stirring inside. I, I want more. There has to be something more than what I'm experiencing. And what they mean is not more stuff or more possessions. They're looking for more meaning, more purpose, more satisfaction in life. Because the things that are supposed to satisfy just don't. What is it that we're really looking for? Today at the Radio Backyard Fence, we begin February with some spiritual fireworks. Our correspondent to A Life That Matters is going to join us today, the one, the only, Ron Hutchcraft. This conversation might be dangerous to your enemy, so let's get going. First, we thank our team, Ryan O'Connor, doing all things technical. Trish is our producer. Lynn will be answering your calls. Jesse Colucci is working in the home office in Arkansas today. And the rest of the team includes you, friend. Thank you for listening, for responding to our conversations, and for the brave, courageous partners and friends who support us financially. Couldn't do what we do here without you. We begin a new month today, and that usually means a new resource. And it does in February. It's interesting how this worked out. The first two resources of 2024, I think, are just perfect together. Prayer is the foundation of any real work of God. He's called us to participate with him by prayer. So in January, we gave you this great resource, that uh, Dr. Thrasher, on prayer. This month, we're giving a book by today's guest. I've been going through it, and I'm going to get some highlights today. I'll tell you about it in just a minute. His name is Ron Hutchcraft, veteran of youth and family work. He's presented the gospel across North America, around the world. We've talked here about On Eagle's Wings Native Ministry. He's the founder of that ongoing outreach to and with Native Americans, prolific author, speaker, radio host. Ron, welcome back. How are you doing today? I am doing great. But when you went over all the things I'm doing, I'm tired now. <laughs> I don't blame you. Made me <laughs> <Yeah>. tired. <laughs> Uh, I put up on Facebook today, do you have the feeling there's something more to life, something you're missing? Is there a stirring mm. to live a life that really matters? Maybe mm. the great, Make the greatest possible difference with the rest of your life beginning today. And so the onus is on you. You're going to do this for, <laughs> for us oh, today, right? Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, lower, your job's to lower expectations, Chris. Come on. <laughs> you know, actually, uh, I'm thinking about my friend Don. We, uh, he's a businessman, very successful, great Christian guy guy active in his church, everything going fine, nice family. And we're having lunch and Don out of nowhere says, Ron, he said, I'm doing all the right stuff. I'm giving all the right stuff, uh, serving in all the, but he said, I feel like there's got to be something more. And I'm telling you, Chris, I find that sense of restlessness everywhere I go. I, I understand that feeling personally, that there's, uh, it, it, this is good, what we've got. Uh, I'm, I'm at all the meetings and believe all the beliefs, but this, what's missing here? And I think that restlessness is for a reason. I think it comes from God yes. because restlessness usually precedes some great work God wants to do because he wants us to want it, so he makes us restless for it. There is something missing in a lot of our lives. In spite of Jesus being there, there's something on his agenda that he wants to involve us in that literally will take our everyday life. See, we got eternity nailed down. That's good. That's after the funeral, fine. Between here and there, 
it's like we just kind of do, you know, go to school, go to work, uh, you know, do what we do, go to the gym. But, the, see, God has, according to Ecclesiastes, put eternity in the hearts of men. We are hungry for something that we know is going to be meaningful forever in our everyday stuff. Going to work, going to school, doing our stuff, um, talking to our neighbors. We want something eternal that will last forever. And God has put that there. He's made us restless for something more eternally meaningful about our everyday lives because he's on a mission in this world. And that mission is to change the eternities of the people around us. And he gave his son for that purpose. And he is on a rescue mission. And he's asking us to join him, join us in that. And when we do, it becomes possible for what I do every day to literally affect eternities. And uh, it's not necessarily just walking around and handing out tracts all day. I don't mean that. I mean, this is an all-day, everyday adventure with God. And how do you do it? Why do you do it? That's what we're going to be about today. Because we have been called to make an eternal difference. And so that feeling, I want to make a greater difference with the rest of my life. God put that there, my brother, my sister, because he wants to show you how to do that. He wants you to do that too. In response to that Facebook post, Krista said this, and then four exclamation points, I'm almost to retirement age, and Mm. I want to spend these years helping others. I just returned Mm. from Israel, where we served people for eight days. It was very rewarding. The next is Bob. Friday mornings, people come to work and greet each other with Happy Friday, or Thank Goodness it's Friday. I have been wondering lately, is that all there is, to just make it to Friday? That's the sum total of my existence. In 50 years, will people visit my grave, and will it read, he made it to Friday? And then, you know, he goes on from there. But they're catching this stirring that you're talking about. Oh, man. Well, that's that's exactly where my friend was, and many, many people are. I think the thing that uh, most of us, uh, there's somebody, if we think about it, there's somebody in your life, in your family, um, workplace, uh, where you recreate, uh, whatever, uh, some association you're involved with, that you really, when you get to heaven, it might just be you go, uh, God, is, is Bob here? Uh, is Susan here? And you, you really are hoping, you're going to hope right now, you want them to, to, to know you, Jesus, and be in heaven with you. Of course, what if he asks did you bring him? Did you bring her? And I don't know that that conversation will take place, but I know that he's, he's placed you. This is the exciting news. Wherever you are, my friend, he, you have been divinely positioned by God, called to be his lifeguard on that stretch of beach. And he put you there you say, well, there could have been somebody better. I'm not going to argue with him. He placed you there. Knowing your background, he has biographically credentialed you with your life experiences to be the right one to tell your story to them, how Jesus' story changed your story and could change their story forever. It is a natural, doable uncomplicated way 
to be able to share your Jesus with somebody you want in heaven with you, and God's counting on you to take what's been in your heart all these years and get it into theirs. That's why Paul talks about being an ambassador, that you and I are ambassadors for Jesus. I've been going through this little book, A Life That Matters by Ron Hutchcraft, it is, I have, you know, pulled quotes, I've underlined, and I'm going to give you some of those. I'd love to put this in your hands. If you go to chrisfabrylive.org, scroll down, you'll see A Life That Matters. It's our thank you this month. If you give, if you support us at Chris Fabry Live, go to chrisfabrylive.org, or you can call 866-95-FABRY. But stay with us. You have to hear this story from Ron that's coming up straight ahead on Moody Radio. is full of motivation about your relationship with God through Jesus and then passing that on to somebody else. And I meet a lot of people and talk with them here, people who have regrets, who feel feel shame for, you know, past opportunities passed up. Don't let the enemy whisper into your ear and say, you're a terrible Christian because you didn't say something. To this, that, that. No, today's the, the, rest, the first day of the rest of your life, right? That's why I have Ron Hutchcraft on. And in, during the month of February, we're giving away his book, A Life That Matters, Making the Greatest Possible Difference with the Rest of Your Life. You'll find out more about it. Just go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org. Before we started here, though, Ron, you told me you went to church this uh, past weekend on Sunday. I and, did. Uh, oh, wait, there's more than that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and newsflash, they, Ron went to church. Were, <laughs> they were calling the roll on you, or at least that's what you thought. Tell like my story. <laughs> well, it was a pro-life Sunday, and uh, a lady was there from a local pro-life ministry, and uh, she uh, she said, she stopped in the middle of it and said, I've had a life-changing experience during this year, and she said, it's because of a book I read. Is Ron Hutchcraft here? <laughs> present. <laughs> yes, I am. But I was the only name called. And she went on to say, I talk about a story that I tell in the book, which I, I can mention here in just a minute. And she, and it really changed her perspective on things. I, let me tell about the Titanic first, all right? Because that's what Great. she, that, it'll make more sense what happened with her. Um, you know, when, when the Titanic sailed, they had 2,200 passengers. Most of us know now that 1,500 people died, 700 survived. Now, a lot of, you know, they had 20 lifeboats, but most of them were half empty. And they launched them with, like that. There were a lot of people who survived the sinking of the Titanic. They were in the water because they had life jackets. And I've heard a recording, actually, of a man who was a survivor, and he said, we never got over, never could get rid of the voices in our ears going, help me, help me. And they're, they're right outside those lifeboats. Unfortunately, history tells us that the life, people in the lifeboats just kept rowing away. So when the funeral boats came three days later from Nova Scotia, they found this ghastly scene. 328 people floating in their life jackets, frozen to death. Now, why did they die? Well, they didn't die because the Titanic sank. They survived that. They died because the people who were already saved did nothing about the dying people within their reach. And when I learned that, 
I said, dear God, is that us? We are in our lifeboat singing our lifeboat songs and 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 enjoying our lifeboat fellowship and maybe building a bigger and more comfortable lifeboat for the already saved. But right within our reach, maybe daily, are these people who are spiritually dying. And I I just I want to spend my life turning my lifeboat around. Now the lady from Pro Life Ministry said it just struck me that we've been waiting for lost people to somehow come to us. We can't expect them to row to us. We've got a road to them. And she had an experience. Uh, not, in fact, she's got her whole staff reading the book and working through it now. But she said uh, a, a lady and, and her daughter came in to get a sonogram. And, and the mother was really an angry, intimidating woman. She was out while they were giving the exam. And the young lady said to their gal, to the pro-life lady, um, she said, I really don't want this abortion. It's my mother. Well... This lady who was talking to church said, you know, um, I had no desire to go out and, and walk into the face of the and the fire of that angry lady. But she said, suddenly I remembered the people in the lifeboat have to go to the people outside the boat. We can't wait for them to come to us. She went out, started to build a bridge to her, brought her into the testing room and told the services that they were going to they were able to provide for her daughter. And all of a sudden, this lady's anger melted away, and she turned to her daughter and said, Honey, we can do this. We can do this. Wow. And I believe a baby's life was saved that day. But here was, here's a spiritual leader who said, I can't wait for lost people to come to us. we got to go to them. You say in the book, for most unreached people, it doesn't begin in a church or a crusade. Sometimes it does, but mm-hmm. most people— they will have to be reached in the middle of their world by a Jesus follower already in their world. Yeah. And so the and you mentioned the the small groups that are going through it. There are some great questions at the end of each chapter that it's like you get around with people and say, you know, here, have you ever had fear in sharing your faith or telling your story to somebody else? And what do you do with that? There's just this the power of sharing not only what God has done in our lives, but also, you know, that feeling that's like, I don't know if I'm going to say the right thing. That holds a lot of people back, doesn't it? It does. In fact, that little four-letter word is what is costing some lost people we know perhaps their chance to hear about our Jesus. It's fear. And if you—I've asked people. I've said, well, what are the things we're afraid of? Well, I'm afraid I might mess it up. I'm, I'm, I'm afraid that, you know, for my failures. I'm uh, afraid that uh, it might hurt my relationship. And, and when we're all done, I said, have you noticed one thing all those fears have in common? They're all about me. And here's the deal. There is a greater fear. On D-Day, a correspondent said when those GIs hit the beach, he said, courage is not the absence of fear. It's a disregard of it. And I'm still, I still feel that fear in a personal conversation sometimes. But I'll tell you this, there's a greater fear. If I'm afraid of what might happen to me if I go in for the rescue, should I not be more afraid of what will happen to them if I yes. don't? That's what happens when, when a firefighter goes into a burning building, when those guys went into the World Trade Center on September 11th, because they were, they were afraid, but they were more afraid of what will happen to the people if we don't give them a chance 
to live. And, and, and the thing is, if we understand that what I am in the process of helping somebody come to Jesus, it's like I do this magic trick sometimes when I'm speaking. I put my glove on my Bible and ask my glove to pick up my Bible. People are like, this isn't going to happen. And I keep yelling at the glove and nothing happens until I put my hand on the glove. And all of a sudden, my glove, a glove can pick up a Bible. It can pick up a music stand. It can pick up all kinds of stuff. Well, we are not the hand. God just says, I am the one who will reach them. But I'm going to do it through you. And my glove can do what gloves can't do when my hand is in it. My friend, you can do what you can't do alone. This is all God's doing. But he recruits us. He involves us in the process. And I'm telling you, you've already got what you need to get this done because you have a story. Everybody's got a story. And we want to hear each other's stories. You've also got prayer. And I'm going to suggest before we're done a very special prayer that you can pray that opens hearts and opens doors. So, And you've also got a situation your situation you're in is your spiritual assignment. Chris, you reminded us from 2 Corinthians 5, we are Christ's ambassadors. Well, what's an ambassador? It's someone appointed by the highest authority there is to represent him in a specific location. That's you, by the highest authority in the universe, who has divinely positioned you by virtue of your interests, your background, your abilities— you are there on divine assignment. And what's cool is with your story, with prayer, and with this life-changing message that we have, it's a matter of telling two stories, yours and his, Jesus' story, and how what happened on that cross, what happened with that at that empty tomb, changed your story forever. And we'll talk a little more about what the hope story is. This is within your reach. This is yes. doable. Yes. And, and the consequences of not doing it can be unthinkable for the person that we don't talk to. It's, it's a, but this makes your everyday life every day now. That doesn't mean you're going to be telling your story every day, but it means you're going to be living your story every day. And the Bible says they'll see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. So you don't ever go off duty. You're always the ambassador for Jesus, representing him with your joy, with your peace. And I'll tell you what people are looking for, Chris, is someone they can feel safe with. Many people don't even feel safe when they go home. If you are the safe person in their life, if you are the person who's all about them and not all about you, you will be so refreshing you will be so unique in their world that I will tell you they will sense the hope you have and you have laid the groundwork for telling them about your Jesus. They are not likely, I'm sorry to say, they're probably in our post-Christian world not going to come to our meeting. They don't know our book. They're not gonna, we're waiting for them to come to us. Remember the lifeboat story we got to turn the lifeboat around. You are already in their world. And they, they can't see Jesus, but they could see you. And so you're their best hope. Yeah. 
And I'll tell you this, Chris, it is really something to uh, wake up in the morning, look in the mirror <laughs> after the shock <laughs> and just and say four words. I am someone's chance. Mm-hmm. I am someone's chance at Jesus. I am someone's chance at heaven. And you're not doing that. What I love about this, you're not doing that alone. Here's another quote. I've been pulling them for the last few days. It is our responsibility to present the good news about Jesus. It's not our responsibility to persuade a person to choose Christ. Mm-hmm. You are the presenter. God is the persuader. So you're not doing this on your own. And then the other thing that I found really encouraging and challenging, failure. What is failure in this situation? Mm. Failure is not trying to rescue someone and not succeeding. Failure is not trying to rescue them at all. That's right. Yeah, this is, this is, and they have to make this choice, but you have to make the choice that they know the choice. (laughs) And that's, that's on us. And is this is um, it, it, it's funny because you say, "Well, I'm so ordinary. I'm 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 not. I'm just a plain." That's what qualifies you. They're not. They're not going to be likely. I'm sorry, but in our culture, people have an immunity almost to someone they perceive to be a professional god salesman. <laughs> but they will listen to a fellow cancer patient. A mother will listen to another mother. A veteran will listen to another veteran. A golfer will listen to a golfer. A machinist will listen to a machinist. A teacher will listen to a teacher. Because, I mean, when Jesus wanted to reach Samaritans, he didn't, he didn't even go into the village initially. What did he do? He reached a Samaritan woman and sent a Samaritan into the village because people listen to people from their tribe. Why? Because you have shared life experience. Don't and you love what she said, though, Rod? She said, come and see a man. It's not like she said, I've, I found the truth and I believe this. And it. No, yeah. you got to see this guy. That's all that you're, you're su- suggesting well, we do. Well, we would say it this way. They check out this guy, you know. That's what she was, or checketh out if it's King James. <laughs> Uh, there are so many, so many things that we had to talk about here today. One is that you just alluded to it, the clever disguises. You yeah. mentioned the special prayer that we have that I w- want people to get. It's, it's in the book. It's called A Life That Matters. This is our thank you this month. Uh, go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org, scroll down. I want to send you a copy of this, but there's also something that you're starting this month with your hun, uh, hun with your son, Doug. Doug and Ron are presenting Your Hope Story, which is a free online video series for uh, you know individuals or small groups. Mm-hmm. And this is basically Your Hope Story takes them through other people's hope stories, but it tells you this is how you do it. This is how you share it, right? Yeah, it really, uh, and it's a lot of what we're talking about right now. And uh, it, it, it really brings, a, brings this, what may seem like mission impossible and mission fearful down to where you actually can feel like, well, you may start out going, I, I, I know I should, but I can't. I just have I can't freeze up. I think it will move you from, and I've seen it do that over the years, this this teaching, from I can't to maybe I could to 
I think I can, to I will. And if you do it in a small group, you can do this together. And um, Doug and I do some teaching of some of these things, the, the uh, three open prayer and, and your situation is your assignment and, and, and about, much more about your hope story, help you figure out what your hope story is and how to tell it. Um, but the beautiful thing is there's a, there's a whole bunch of other people on the, uh, in this series with us who are just everyday believers. I mean, one of them's a banker, another one's a battle rapper. <laughs> I mean, you have got everything from teenager to people in their 80s and everything in between, uh, all kinds of occupations represented, uh, deno- uh, uh, yeah, denominations, uh, occupations, recreations. Um, and you'll find somebody in there who's like you, and they tell their involvement in how they have taken the risk and seen it pay off so wonderfully. So it's a whole a community of people that you will meet in Your Hope Story, and it's available at yourhopestory.com. You can't beat the price. We decided <laughs> not to charge for it because we want as many of God's people as possible to join God in the rescue mission. It's what your heart is restless for, and there is some eternal stuff that you will see you will live in your everyday life if you say yes to God's invitation to join him in the mission his son died for. So that's a free online video series. And if you, you get a life that matters as you wait for that, you can go through Your Hope Story, that six-week video course. You can find out more at the website. We have a link there, chrisfabrylive.org. Click through today's information right there, chrisfabrylive.org. I'd love to hear your feedback today. We'll open the phones, 877-548-3675. Ron Hutchcraft is with us today at the Radio Backyard Fence, and I love that story that he told about the Titanic and the effect that this book had on the woman at the Pro-Life Center who went out, who made a, a contact with somebody who disagreed about this. No, we, we, we really need this. This is health care. We've got to have this. That kind of work is being done by men and women through care, the CareNet ministry across the country, hundreds of resource centers where people are serving others through CareNet, not just saving babies. They're for saving the lives of babies, and that's a great ministry. But they also know that this is not just flesh and blood. There's more that's going on here. There's a spiritual battle that's going on for the hearts and minds of people around us. And that's why part of CareNet is, is, doesn't stop with just the saving of a baby or helping out with diapers and formula and all of that. It is the spiritual side of things. If you have not heard of CareNet yet, where have you been? I've been telling you here. That's that's not to condemn me at all. Though. Just go to chrisfabrylive.org. We've got a green CareNet button that you can click and you can find out more about the ministries that are there. There's also a free download. I was just looking at this free booklet that they're giving. Is the pro-choice position consistent with the life and teachings of Jesus so that you can uh, interact. You can have a conversation with somebody who may disagree and have some really good arguments for the pro-life cause, the pro-abundant life cause, not so that you can win the argument, 
but to give you a tool that will help you move towards somebody who disagrees on a fundamental issue in our culture. Just go to chrisfabrylive.org, click the green CareNet button today, and you'll find out more as well about Ron Hutchcraft and a life that matters. Chuck is in Cleveland, Ohio. Chuck, why did you call today? Oh, I just wanted to share a little bit about my experience um, in evangelizing. I've been a Christian for 43 years now in Cleveland, and I've gone door to door, and wherever I go, I try to uh, pass out tracts. I find it's easy to witness if it's just a matter of having tracts and asking questions and also allowing them to share where they're at. And if they say no thanks, I just move on. Most people I have found are very gracious and will respond positively. The thing, the thing of it is, is Jesus left the 99 and he went after the one lost sheep. Mm. If we say that I'm not called to be an evangelist, you need to look at it from the standpoint that God's passion for the loss is going after that one lost sheep. Passion, not a legalistic attitude of reaching the, the hurt and the desperately um, needy. Yeah, it's a hard, the motivation is really love and a desire not to, not to score points with God or anything like that, but to just reach out in love, right, Ron? It is, and you know, uh, I'll tell you a life-changing prayer. Be careful because God will answer it, uh, and that is this. Go ahead, God, and break my heart for the lost people in my personal world. And you ask God to help you see what he sees when he sees your neighbor and your coworker and your friend and your teammate and your exercise partner um, and you will you you will have something happen in your heart because you will see them as a future inhabitant of eternity in one of two places. And that all depends on whether or not they know about Jesus so they can know Jesus. And um it and, and Chuck, God bless you. I believe you have had that happen. I believe God has done that for you, that you you do see what really matters about a person is their spiritual condition. You know, we, we talked about the Titanic earlier, and uh, after the Titanic sank in the headquarters of the White Star Lines in England, they uh, people were waiting, loved ones, to get news from the North Atlantic, whether their, their loved one lived or died. And there were two boards up there, and every once in a while, a man would come out when they'd get more communication, and he would write a name on one of the two boards. And one said, known to be saved. And the other said, known to be lost. And there are two, everybody you know, everybody you know in your world is on one of two lists, known to be saved, known to be lost, except unlike the Titanic, the ones on the known to be lost list can still change lists, but they'll need a rescuer. And First John says this, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son, and he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Two lists, known to be saved, known to be lost. But the key to the ones that are lost are the ones known to be saved. That's the people in the lifeboat. And um, 
I appreciate the fact, uh, Chuck, that you understand that we can't wait for them to come to us. You've been going to them. I, um, I've been thinking as I go through this book, Ron, of, of a, another list, and like you say, think of that one, just one person, one person in your sphere of influence, in your neighborhood, in your, you could be in your family, could be, mm-hmm. like you say, that's you know uh, at the gym or wherever, one person that you don't know what their eternal destiny is, you know, haven't had that conversation with them, right. write that person's name down today. Yes. And just begin, and you've got a prayer. Before we get to that, let me go to Summer in Indiana. Summer, why did you call Ron today? Hi. So I'm a little nervous, so bear with me. But I had the radio on, and I was kind of not paying attention. It was like on the background. Um, and then I heard the thing about the Titanic, and I've loved Titanic since I was a little kid, so it kind of piqued my interest. Hmm. And when you gave the analogy about um, – I'm a little emotional, sorry. <laughs> when you gave an analogy about the lifeboats, it really spoke to me because I've been allowing fear and anxiety and insecurity to keep me from turning my lifeboat around, to keep me from hmm. talking to other people about God and what Jesus has done for me. And so it just really spoke to me, and I wanted you to know that because um, I really can't get it out of my my heart right now. Um, just how many times I have not turned my lifeboat around, and I don't want to do that anymore. Okay, let me jump in here. Wow. And I think, Summer, I think the enemy of your soul wants you to stay right there and to feel bad about it and to feel regret about it and to say, oh, no, I've been a terrible, and to keep looking it back. <laughs> but the the lover of your heart, the lover of your soul and the, the hearts of those who need to know about him wants you to say, okay, I confess that. Now I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to turn it around. What do you think, Ron? Well, Summer, I'm going to give you a prayer to pray. And thank you so much for your honesty. I think You have spoken for—there's a whole lot of people listening right now who said, me too, after what you shared. And thank you for bringing that out where we could deal with it. And I call it the three open prayer, and it is a very natural way for for you to be able to have a bridge to to talk to somebody and uh, to make make that life-saving move. Uh, Colossians 4, 3 and 4, Paul said, pray for us that God may open a door for our message and that we may proclaim it clearly as we should. So based on that, here's the three open prayer. First First part is, Lord, open a door. Now, a door is a natural opportunity for you to bring up your relationship with Jesus. Something going on in their life, something going on in your life, something going on in the news, But it gives you a natural opportunity to say, well, I'll tell you something that happened in my life that has really affected that. So, Lord, open the door. Secondly, Lord, open their heart. If you're going to ask me to share with them, would you be doing things in their heart that get them ready for a conversation? Lord, open their heart. And then here's here's the big one. Lord, open my mouth. (laughs) And this is, Lord, give me the courage. Give me the words. Give me the right tone. Lord, open my mouth. Now, we put those three together. Lord, open the door. Lord, open their heart. Lord, open my mouth. And I have prayed it many times. I've probably talked with, I don't know, hundreds at least of people who 
have started to pray that prayer. What you don't have to pray is, Lord, if it is your will. It is his will. And and I will tell you that he will, you will see natural opportunities. And you've already prayed, and I believe at that point, God will give you this, the courage to care more about what will happen to them if you don't than what will happen to you if you do. And uh, just I, that, that three open prayer is a, is a bridge into a lost heart that is opened by God, not by us. This is not some little gimmick, um, oh, you say these little magic words, say this clever little phrase. It's letting God open it up, and you then can go in with the confidence that you are not the hand, you are just the glove. It's God's hand doing the work, but he's going to use your voice and your influence and your personality and your background and your story. I believe God's got some people he is, as he has opened your heart today and touched your heart with the people outside the lifeboat. I really believe he's done that because he's got somebody that he has in mind for you that is perhaps in your going to be right there in your net. You don't have to go anywhere. Just do your life. And in doing life, you're going to, and you may already be in their life. You have shared life experience with this person. And uh, you can expect something very special to happen. I think this is a turning point. Turn the lifeboat around. God bless your girl. I love the fact, uh, Summer, that what this does is it puts all of the, you know, the anxiety and the fear and everything, but you're just trusting him. You're trusting him to do that. So does that, that prayer open the door, open their heart, open my mouth? Does that sound like something that you can do? Yeah, I definitely want to try. I've been struggling a lot with insecurity just from some past trauma. And um, Mm. it's something that Satan's really kept me down with for years. Um, not stepping out, not doing things that I felt like I probably should be doing because I didn't feel confident enough to do it. Um, So, yeah, it definitely spoke to me a lot today, and I have a lot more to work on. (laughs) I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we weren't just music in the background, that you listen to that. I think Ron is right. That That is the Holy Spirit at work in your heart and life. And I want to do something for you. If you'll hang on, Tricia will get your information. I want to send you a copy of this book, and that three open prayer is part of this. There's also the clever disguises that come. And a story that I read that I want Ron to tell you is about a hospital visit, but it's about a truth that I think you can apply in your own heart and life. A Life That Matters by Ron Hutchcraft is our thank you this month. Find out more about it at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. So if you haven't picked up on it yet, A Life That Matters really takes what God has done for you and gives it to someone else. It gives them the opportunity to receive that. And I love what I'm seeing on the board here. There's, there's always been, already been two people who've never reached out to us. I see a star by the name. And we're going to send you a copy of A Life That Matters, Making the Greatest Possible Difference with the Rest of Your Life. 
If you go to chrisfabrylive.org, you'll see how you can get that. Even if you can't give a gift, I want to send this to you because I think, you know, if it changes your world, if it changes your perspective on reaching or turning your lifeboat around, it would be worth it. And I, I have enough faith to believe that somebody else will give in your stead if you can't give right now. So go to chrisfabrylive.org or 866-95-FABRY. That was a story, Ron, you tell in the book that I wanted you to tell today when you were whisked to the emergency room. Talk about that. <laughs> Mr. Never been in the hospital here, okay? <laughs> At that point, um, I'd had the flu and um, I was uh, deciding I was going to cook the fever out. Okay, this is, this is Ron the dummy here in this story. So uh, I went in the bedroom, covered myself up with blankets and start, tried to sweat it out. And my wife hears, as I get up to head for the bathroom, she hears this thud in the bedroom. I am out cold. She gets me into the living room and, uh, and, and now realize I don't do hospitals, okay? I go visit you, but I don't stay. And she said, I've called... I called nine one one, and I'm like, "We're we, we got to talk here, <laughs> because that means somebody from the hospital is coming." And the ambulance comes up, and this guy comes in, and the medic says, "You know, I I've been nervous all the way out here." I'm like, "Oh great, I got a rookie. This is great." He said, "No, no." He said, "I listen to you on the radio every day, and I've always wanted to meet you. <laughs> I'm here. I am." <laughs> It's like, oh, great. How impressed are you? He said, we got to take you to the, that was the H word, hospital. I'm in the emergency room. I am not happy. I must say I flunked the test. I was not, my attitude was terrible. And this really hardcore nurse says, uh, uh, well, not, uh, we're going to have to admit you because you're losing too much fluid and we have to hydrate you here. You've dehydrated. I am a mess. And my wife just leans over to me and she says, honey, I want to tell you something, remind you of something uh, you said to me. Now, I hate that because I can't argue with me. But (laughs) she said, remember who you are and remember why you're here. Boom. Oh, ambassador, always an ambassador for Christ. Okay. I changed my attitude. We had a, a sep- uh, an, uh, an extra bed in the room. We set up a little Christian bookstore. I had my books and, and CDs and, and all videos and everything, gave them away to hospital workers. I'm about to check out Miss Hardcore from ER comes in the room. She says, some of us have been talking. We know why you are here. I said, yeah, I dehydrated. She said, no. She said, we, we believe you were sent here for all of us pagans. That was her words. Remember who you are. Remember why you're here. I think God is saying that to us every day, everywhere, whatever our situation. Subsequently, I've had several shoulder surgeries, and I now know that it wasn't about shoulders primarily. It was about souls and lives, medical people, physical therapy people that that put me in contact with. I will say, Chris, that I think people need to understand the power of their hope story. And I need to define that just for a minute. People, what does that mean? Well, 1 Peter 3.15 says, what will interest people is telling them about the hope we have. What is hope? Well, it means that something I thought couldn't change did change. It can change. So everyone who's listening, if you're a believer, someone is living proof that Jesus can change a mom or a dad or a husband or a wife 
Someone who's listening, you are living proof that Jesus can change an angry person, a control freak, a selfish person. Um, He can change the funeral. He can change what it's like to get bad news from the doctor. Um, He can he, 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 he can change a, a lonely single person. He can, there, he, and he, what you do with your hope story is you tell about the difference Jesus makes in your lonely time. What if there were no Jesus? How would your lonely times be different? How about your depressing times? How about my world's out of control or the bottom just dropped out of my world times? How about the bad news from the doctor? It's different because of Jesus. That's your hope story. But then you want you put into your hope story what you found out when you found out about Jesus and how his love on the cross and his power from that empty tomb came into your situation and has changed those real things in your life. See, it's your story, but it's your story that gives you a way to tell his story in a natural way. Here's the beauty of it. No one can argue with your hope story. When the blind man said, once I was blind, now I can see, they didn't like it that Jesus had just done that. But what could they say? No, you weren't blind? No, you can't see? They can argue with your beliefs, but not your hope story. Just tell them about Jesus. You're not telling them about church or religion or, or you're not attacking their lifestyle. You're telling them about the greatest love in the world displayed on a cross and the greatest power displayed in our world by a death-crushing resurrection. You are on assignment from God, his lifeguard on your stretch of beach. I pray that you'll be able to look in the mirror and say, I am someone's chance and give them that chance. Someone gave you that chance on, on, on their behalf of a lost person who can't ask you and on, a, on speaking for your savior. He died for them. Let them know that. He gave everything. Let's take some risks to take them to heaven with us. This is the great adventure. It is the mission we are here for. I would love to send you a copy. What Ron has just said, from coming from his heart, is in A Life That Matters. It's our thank you. Find out more at the website, chrisfabrylive.org. And you can also have a link there to sign up for Your Hope Story, which is a six-week video course that's free. It's online, hosted by Ron and his son, Doug. Again, go to chrisfabrylive.org. And let's see if we can't turn the lifeboat around today and reach somebody's heart. Chris Fabry Live's a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.